0: You know what that sound means. There was breaking news in the world of Indiana basketball today. If you haven't heard, Xavier Johnson, the highly regarded transfer from Pitt, chose Indiana. Uh, And so, of course, as soon as that happened, we had to hop on, give you some instant reaction. Uh, (laughs) It was a little bit different, though. Uh, I was actually I was just on the way to go pick up my daughter and so had to do this from the car. Uh, none of the other guys were ready. Andy was working. Coach was unavailable. Ryan's working. Uh, but Jay Horry, who you know from the mediocre question of the week, uh, and those of you inside our IU basketball community have, of course, come to know and respect Jay's knowledge. He was available, so he hopped on, and he happened to be driving too. So what you're about to hear is a podcast with two people, both driving. We were both safe. We were very safe while we were doing this, I assure you. We got to our destinations safely, uh, but we were both on the phone. So, that's why if the audio is not as good as normal, that is why, but I still want to post it because I think it's good discussion and it's, you know, kind of some instant reaction here to the Xavier Johnson news. And I know when stuff like this happens, we all, you know, kind of just want to talk about it and hear about it, especially when it's good news. So that's what you were going to hear, uh, here in this episode of the assembly call and then expect for obviously a more in-depth discussion of Xavier Johnson, how he fits in, uh, at Indiana. Uh, on Assembly Call Radio on Thursday and moving forward, and I will also uh, recommend an article by Dustin Dopirak uh, over at the Daily Hoosier, who actually talked to Xavier Johnson, got some good insight on how he sees himself fitting in uh, in Mike Woodson's offense. So here we go. I'm going to play the audio for you now. Some of you may hear a couple of ads right now. Others will go right to it, uh, but here we go. My conversation with Jay Horry immediately following Xavier Johnson's decision to pick Indiana.
1: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly, must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly, must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase Player or
0: And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this uh, impromptu emergency edition of the Assembly Call. We're just getting used to these. Although, you know, yesterday felt weird. There was like, there was no news. I think we were all kind of jonesing for some news. Well, today we got some news. Uh, As Xavier Johnson, guard transferring from Pitt, decided to come to Indiana, just announced it on Instagram and on Twitter, chose Indiana over, I believe, Baylor, over Houston, uh, maybe a a couple of others. So we decided that we had to hop on here and do a live show. I just got off another webinar. I'm about to go pick up my daughter. That's why I'm in the car. Uh, None of the other guys were ready but Jay is here to provide some mediocre analysis on the Xavier Johnson commitment, uh, which is fitting because we were tweeting about it earlier today anyway, uh, going back and forth so we can talk about it. Um, but really, you know, I think the number one question is when is Mike Woodson going to figure out this recruiting thing? Cause I mean, you know, Jay, that's obviously the biggest transition, <laughs> the biggest thing he's got to learn. When's he going to land
2: somebody, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, it, recruiting is so hard if you listen to anybody talk about you know how hard it is to recruit college basketball and how nobody who's ever been in the pros would ever would ever want to come to college basketball and have to deal with recruiting um you know i just i just can't imagine that uh, Woodson's <laughs> going to be successful doing it it's just no way i uh, know no, right. i mean jared it's, it's uh i think this is another as you said it's been a really long time since iu's had any good good news um glad we finally got that out of the way hours. today <laughs> yeah yeah i think the last time you know i was i was joking earlier that i think on monday i was trying to take a nap so i could stay up and watch the championship game and all this good news kept happening for iu and it just kept waking me up so um you know i thought about taking a nap earlier today just to try to get that good news flowing again but um so yeah i'm obviously in the car too driving home from work uh decided to hang out at the office until uh until we got this the news broke so glad i could uh join you on this Yeah, so look, even though it sounds like I was your last choice, but, you know, I I still appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Look, if you're watching this live, obviously I can't be checking the chat because I'm driving as I do this. So if this is like the other day and good news comes behind this, if Armand Franklin makes his announcement or, you know, something else good happens and we don't address it, you know, right away, uh, that is why. But, Jay, let's spend a little bit of time talking about this pickup for Indiana, Xavier Johnson, because I think, you know, there's a lot to like about him as a player Um, you know for those who haven't watched him play I think the one word that I would use to describe him is attacking he's just constantly on the attack he's a big physical guard he's about 6'2 6'3 really good ball handler really strong frame Uh, you know I mean obviously played in the ACC for three years but he's just always going downhill and really is the kind of creator and the kind of you know, lead ball handler to put a pressure on the defense that we haven't had here since Yogi. Now, I don't mean that as a player comp. There are different types of players. You know, he's not the shooter that Yogi was. Um, You know, he's better at finishing at the rim than Yogi is. You know, obviously has a bigger frame. But in terms of a guy who's just always putting pressure on the defense, that's what this guy is going to bring. Now, you're going to get some good with the bad. He has a really, really high assist rate. You know, I think he averaged over five assists last year you know, also turns the ball over some. But, you know, if you look at the raw turnover numbers, it probably doesn't tell the full story because he's a guy with a really high usage rate. You know, so you really need to look at those turnover numbers in context. But, you know, in terms of, you know, for what Mike Woodson is looking for, to have a more, you know, kind of modern offense that's going to put more pressure on the defense, be attacking, be more wide open, this is the kind of guy that you want and that is going to help make other players better. You know, I know, Jay, you know, one thing that that I've heard people talk about, it's like, oh, man, well, if Xavier Johnson, you know, comes, what does that mean for Armand Franklin? Well, I think what it would mean for Armand Franklin is that if he decides to come back, he's going to be in a much better position to score more often (laughs) with Xavier. You know, I would not disabuse yourself of any notion that that it has to be either or. But give me your thoughts. Give me your initial thoughts uh, on Xavier Johnson as a player from what you've seen.
2: Yeah, and as you said, I mean, his aggressiveness is, is really something to see. And, you know, the other thing that really jumped off the screen to me um, when I was kind of watching some tape on him today when it sounded like this might happen, that he's just incredibly confident. I mean, every time he has the ball in his hands, he's looking to create. He's looking to get downhill. He's, you know, he, he might not have the best-looking jump shot. But, you know, he has a little low release on it, but he gets it off because hes he really elevates on it. He uses the step back well. Um, he's always seemed to get his, to either set himself up to score or to set up his teammates to score. And he has a, you know, I, I, I think I was reading a story about him that said Uh-oh, when he, we... when he started, when he, there... yeah, you're there. You cut out a little bit. You're back. I'm oh, sorry. I, yeah, I was, I was reading a story about him today where he uh, was talking, to, or I think it said he was five, six in his uh, maybe freshman or sophomore year of high school? Time he graduated, he was six three. So I mean, he still has that kind of, you know, quickness you want from a point guard. That speed with the ball, that confidence with the ball. But now he also has a really kind of NBA frame for a guy who's now six three, two hundred, two hundred and ten pounds, and really uses that frame well to get into the lane, get into position to score, um, finishes above the rim, and you know he also he also can create, you know, as, as you mentioned with, Franklin, he can he can really create passing lanes with his speed and vision um that guys you know lander lander has a lot of the same qualities but lander does not have the size or strength that uh johnson does to make that happen right now so um i think it's just i think it's a great addition i think he brings a lot to the table that iu hasn't had uh as you mentioned in quite a long time probably since yogi and i i imagine he'll come in and be a high-level contributor next season
1: Yeah, no
0: question. I mean, look, what was kind of the most common thing that we saw over the last couple of years with Indiana on offense? You know, in addition to missed shots, unfortunately, it was Archie Miller often imploring his guard, his lead guard, whoever it was, to push the pace. And, you know, and that wasn't happening for whatever reason. Just based on what I've seen from Xavier Johnson, that that's not going to be a problem because this is a guy who just, that just seems to be his MO again is to be attacking and, you know, and to be on the move. And so, you know, as I said with Armand Franklin, I think those two guys can definitely coexist. And I guess the next question would be, okay, well, you know, Rob Finnessy's coming back, you know, Christian Lander's coming back. Those guys obviously, you know, aren't coming back to Indiana to, to sit the bench. How are they going to to coexist with Xavier Johnson? And what I would say to that is, you know, if you watched a lot of NCAA games, you saw a lot of teams that were playing high at a high level and that played high-level offense, a lot of times played with three guards, you know, and played with, you know, sometimes two guys that you would classify as a point guard out on the court, you know, to be able to have, to be able to have a primary ball handler or a secondary ball handler, really be able to attack from different angles. And so a guy like Xavier Johnson, I think when he's on the court, you know, he's the guy that the ball is probably going to be in his, his hands. He's your best attacker. He's your best creator. But we saw, you know, with Rob Finney a lot over the last few years, his best basketball has come playing off the ball as a catch and shoot type player or playing it, you know, where he can also be kind of a secondary creator, but the pressure isn't all on him to push the ball with Christian Lander. I think as his career moves forward, you know, he profiles, you know, as a a lead point guard, but, you know, he's still going to be technically a freshman next year and a freshman, as you said, that, you know, is still kind of, you know, growing into the player he's going to become both in terms of skill and in terms of body And so for him, you know, to be able to obviously have some time on the court when Xavier Johnson's on the bench, when he's a primary ball handler, but to be able to be a secondary guy, to be able to attack with different ball handlers from different angles is just going to make the offense more dynamic and is going to mean that defenses can't just sit there and, you know, and double trace or sink down on trace because we're going to be able to attack from more positions in the backcourt. And then obviously you've got to surround those guys with shooters, you know. So you got to have a couple other guys on the court that are going to be able to shoot. But it just gives you so many more options to be dynamic on offense. And if there's anything that we've wanted, that's what it is, man. Let's be more dynamic, have more dimensions offensively, and he's going to bring that. How do you see it affecting the other
2: guards? Yeah, I mean, um, we just saw you needed for a long time to have. You know, more guys that can create opportunities for themselves and other guys. Um, you know, so much of offense now in college basketball is, you know, guys that can take the ball and do something with it. Whether it's creating a mismatch via a via pick and roll or being able to get to buy the first defender and creating openings on the wings for shots. I mean, you watch you watch how Baylor was playing in that championship game. They would get Gonzaga in a pin roll up and pop until they got the mismatch they wanted they would blow by me on the mismatch on the pick and roll. And all of a sudden they have four guys that are standing out there on the perimeter that can hit shots. I mean, it was just really a clinic on how, like, how, you know, a, you know, quote unquote NBA offense can really dominate the college game. Um, So, you know, when I, when I, I think we were, we were discussing earlier today. I mean, the idea of having on the floor, multiple guys on the floor that can't catch the ball and shoot it. um, I think hopefully it's, it's done, or it's nearly done at, at, at IU because we're going to have to stretch the floor and allow guys like Johnson, like Lander, who can create with the ball in their hands, to do that. And the only way you can do that is is to have guys around them that can that can shoot and keep a confidence. So I think this is a this is a great you know next step in getting the guys in that can run an effective you know four four out one in system. And then on the defensive end, which we haven't even talked about, can guard multiple positions. Um, I think I don't think Xavier will have any problem switching onto bigger defenders or onto bigger players and defending them effectively because he's as I said, really strong, long, uh, very long and athletic. Um, he plays in passing lanes well, and you know, when, and when he's disrupting those passes, he's hitting the break really hard. Yeah, you know, and, and, and let's –
0: We'll talk a little bit about the defense, but you know, the two guys that we didn't mention on offense also in the backcourt are Parker Stewart and Anthony Leal. You know, two guys who are known for the shooting, uh, who a guy like Xavier Johnson is going to help, you know, create opportunities for them. Now, you know, we should mention, I mean, you know, look on, on pretty much every list that you saw of, you know, impact guys in the transfer portal, Xavier Johnson was listed as, you know, as one of the, the top guys. You know, so the question may be, if you're kind of looking at this from a devil's advocate perspective, um, okay, so then why wasn't Pitt better, you know, if he's such an awesome player? And, you know, look, I, this is actually, this is one of the things that I kind of want to dig into a little bit more. So I certainly don't have a complete answer on this. And I think it'll be interesting to find out a little bit more about why he decided to transfer. But it certainly seems like part of that is just, you know, issues that he had with Pitt coach Jeff Capel. Um, you know, and so what exactly those issues were, I don't know. Uh, You know, but obviously when you see, you know, a guy who leaves one program because he's discontented and he left before the season ended, um, you know, that that's a little bit of a red flag. And so obviously, you know, as Indiana is bringing back a lot of guys from next year and you look at, okay, you know, the season didn't go very well, but at least, you know, all these guys that we have coming back, they play together. There's continuity there. There's some chemistry there. You know, now you're basically, you know, putting a guy in who's probably going to be your lead ball handler and demand a lot of possessions you know, how does that, how does that affect things? And I think that's the one thing that we don't know. Um, You know, again, just looking at him from a talent perspective, it's a, it's a great fit. But, you know, basketball is a game where chemistry matters and the camaraderie matters. And, you know, so how he fits into the team concept, how, you know, Mike Woodson is able to build a relationship with him and kind of manage that aggression on the court is going to be really, really important. Do you you know, do you have any concerns about that? Do you think that's a valid thing, you know, at this moment in time to kind of have some question marks about?
2: He's definitely problems with Jeff and Jeff Cable's time at Pitt. So I don't think he's unique in that way. And this is somebody that I, I think it's important to remember that Kenya Hunter's had a relationship with since he was, you know, 17 years old. Yeah, Kenya... Recruited him when Kenya was at Nebraska. He committed to Kenya when um, Kenya was still coaching there, and then decommitted and went to went to Pitt when Kenya left to go to UConn. Um, so Kenya's known known Xavier for a long time, and so having that that relationship means a lot. Um, and you know, I think Xavier he plays. With, you watch his videos. He plays with a lot of swag. He plays with a lot of confidence. You know, he has. I think he probably has ever doubted his own abilities on the basketball court. I'm guessing the lack of success at Pitt uh, as a team probably didn't do a lot for um, didn't do a lot for his attitude there, and, I, and I'm not saying he had attitude problems. Um, I, I, I don't know enough about a time at Pitt to comment on that. But um, and it's obvious that you know Trace Jackson Davis a week ago mentioned he was this was the guy that one of the guys that he was really pushing to add to the roster too. So Trace obviously knew him and had a relationship with him. So it's not like it's not like Xavier's coming in without having any sort of connection to IU or snatches of people he'll be playing with or being coached by next year. You know, and I also think Xavier is very motivated to make the NBA. Um, I think he was a, he was under-recruited coming out of high school. I think he was a three-star prospect. Um, I think probably because yep. of his kind of his late, his late growth spurt in high school that really developed him to kind of that NBA, NBA point guard size. Um, and I think he showed enough and I, I know he was on some pre kind of like 2000 or 2020 draft boards and as like a second round pick coming into his sophomore year so i think he definitely has nba aspirations and guess what we have a coach who has coached for you know 20 years in the nba he knows what it takes to be a successful guard in the nba um if anybody's going to tell you know Xavier johnson what he needs to do to become an nba caliber point guard i think we might have a guy that can do that i think so
0: I think so. Now, look, you know, as you talk about him projecting to the next level and as you talk about him being able to make maximum impact next season, a lot of it's going to come down to his shot. And this is the big question that people have. I think you you take a quick look at his statistical profile. The two things that jump out from a negative perspective are, again, the turnovers, which we talked about and I think make a little bit more sense in context, especially given the way that he plays. You know, you'll live with some turnovers from a guy who's creating offense like he is. But the other thing is the outside shot. Um, you know, he was down in the 30s. I want to say last year he was at 32%, I think, uh, a little bit higher maybe the year before. But, you know, he's been a guy that's 32, 33, 34% as a three-point shooter. So, you know, not the kind of, you know, knockdown three-point shooter that a guy like Yogi Farrell was. Um, you know, he's been good enough to be a threat out there. Uh, you know, and if you look at his mechanics, he's got a good release. It's a little bit low. You know, so I, probably against certain defenders, it might be a little bit difficult for him to get it off, but he's athletic. He's quick. He can, you know, he has a step back, so he is able to get that shot off. Um, but, you know, he, he's a guy who shot well from the free throw line last year. I think he was up in the high 70s. So it's not like he's got a broken shot, and it seems like there's room to grow there. And, you know, you don't necessarily need him to go out there and be shooting 42, 43% from three. It'd be great if he did, obviously. You know, but if, if he's on the court playing with Armand Franklin and Parker Stewart and, you know, Rob Finnessy, whose percentage has been much higher as a catch and shoot guy, you know, if he's got shooters around him, he shoots well enough himself that you're going to be fine. But I still think that's kind of the one question. Like, he becomes a home run pickup if he comes in. If you tell me he's going to come in and shoot 40% from three point range, that's huge. But I think even if you end up seeing him next year shoot 33, 34% from three, because of all the other stuff that he does, you're going to be able to get by with that. But I think that that's the question. And if he has aspirations of getting to the next level, then developing that shot, you know, maybe even getting his release up a little bit higher, those are the kinds of things that can take him from you know a really good college point guard already to I mean I mean if he's a guy who shoots forty percent from three point range, you're looking at an all American level player, and he's he's that kind of talented, and he's that and he's that productive. You know whether he can get there or not, I don't know. But I think that's the big question about him offensively that will need to get answered next year.
2: Yeah, and I'd like to see. I don't know if it's available, but I'd love to know what his catch and shoot numbers were versus his off the dribble numbers were. Because I mean, he was handling the ball so much for Pitt, I feel like a lot of his shots were were, were he just trying to create something. Might be end of shot clock situations. Um, yeah. If he's if he's if he if he's getting kickouts off offensive rebounds or from. You know, post kickouts or from drives off, you know, Franklin driving and kicking to an open Johnson. I mean, I think that makes a huge difference um, if he's able to catch and shoot versus if he's having to try to create setback threes and things like that. Um, And so, you know, I would love to see those numbers broken out a little more. I know, you know, we have the synergy numbers available or anything like that, but um, it's definitely, you can't blow those up while you're driving. You don't want to make this even more
0: dangerous than it already is.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I mean, as you said, I think he's a, a pretty solid free throw shooter, um, which I think will be good because he he gets into the paint and he, you know, is, is creating contact a lot uh, going to the basket. So, yeah, I completely agree on his jump shot. The, the release is a little low, but he does he does elevate it. It's not like kind of a, a lander where he kind of has a set set shot release that's a little low. I mean, he, he's a lot of times he's elevating up. Um, to get the shot off over taller people. And he has a, it has a, it's a very high-arcing shot, too. Um, but if he can shoot even, I'd say, above 35% from three, I think he becomes kind of a really, a really dangerous kind of next-level player.
0: Yeah, you know, and to some perspective on kind of how he was thought of by the experts who rate this stuff, you know, most of the rankings I saw of potential impact guys in the transfer portal had him rated higher than Marcus Carr. So that gives you an idea. You know, we all know how impactful Marcus Carr has been the last couple of years for Minnesota. And David Johnson was rated higher than him. So, you know, that that kind of shows you. You know, defensively, you know, he certainly profiles as a good defender. If I remember correctly, you know, he has a good steal rate. So I think he's he's proven to be a disruptive defender. It's always tough for me to assess a guy's defense, you know, without, you know, watching him play kind of game in, game out, you know. So, We'll have a more in-depth scouting report on him. Obviously, Ryan is kind of known for his in-depth scouting reports. I don't know if he can be here Thursday for Assembly Call Radio. I think he has something going on, but we'll certainly get his scouting report as soon as we can. But the other thing that that I think is interesting about Xavier Johnson, Jay, and you know, and we started to hint at this a little bit earlier. You know, he plays with a lot of swagger. He plays with a lot of fire. I think sometimes you know, that kind of emotion can spill out. I know I remember reading that, you know, he got some technicals this season. And I think that was part of the reason why he had issues with Jeff Capel. Uh, You know, there was one, one time, I think, you know, Jeff Capel kind of called him out in a a post-game press conference, you know, because they asked about, you know, why did Xavier Johnson get another technical foul? It's like, look, you know, I've talked to him. I don't really know what else I can say about it. Uh, And so, look, you know, you don't want to have a player who's going around getting technical fouls, you know, not, it not being a good sport out there. And yet I think we would all agree that this team needs a little bit more of an edge, you know, and, and again, you know, that edge it's a, it's a fine line, you know, that edge has to be harnessed, but it's kind of been a missing piece for this team. You know, we all, we love the guys that we have playing, you know, representing Indiana and how they represent the Hoosiers uh, and for good reason. Cause I think Archie Miller did a really good job of, you know, recruiting the kind of people that we want. Uh, but every now and then you need a guy like Will Sheehy who, you know, is, you know, exactly the kind of person that you'd want representing IU, but is also going to go mix it up and has a little bit of swagger. And when things aren't going well, is just going to say screw this and go make a play, you know, because he just kind of has that attitude. And again, I, I don't want to judge David Johnson too much without, you know, having seen him play a ton, but that's the sense I get from him that he's that kind of guy that, is going to go out there and play with an edge. And it it may cross the line from time to time. And that's where, you know, you hope that maybe better relationships with the coaches or more success or feeling better about his role, all those things may help. But that's something I have to say that I'm looking forward to to see in this team because too often this team felt flat. And, you know, again, we'll have to see. You know, maybe I don't know if Xavier Johnson's a guy that brings it every single game and that kind of stuff, that'll require more digging. But just from what I have seen, he's going to bring it like that some. And this is a program that, at a minimum, needs some swagger, needs some some edge, at least some of the time. And he's going to bring some of that.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely think he plays with a chip on his shoulder, which I think IU, as a program, I think after this coaching search and about how much the program's been kind of drugged through the mud a little bit, um by but, national guys i think I think uh the whole team needs to play the chip on the chip on their shoulder moving forward you know i mean uh, we had you know people people telling uh you know saying that i oh, u paid ten million dollars to get worse next year um you know <laughs> so i mean i think uh <laughs> we should all <laughs> that's that's a, that's a think of it think of an article that's just aged just exquisitely i mean but the a, thing about that line. article is
0: it was bad from the moment it was written even if none of this other stuff had happened, it was still bad. But the fact that the roster and and everything is looking so good for next year just makes it infinitely worse. It's one of the worst college basketball articles that I've read. I have to say, and I like Gary, (laughs) but that article was just bad.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was, it was, it was inexcusable at the time. And it it looked even, uh, even more, but uh, you know, I agree. I think, uh, there's so many times where I think I come out flat over the last four years in the, in the Archie era. Um, you know, we've had so many conversations about, you know, why can't I start quickly in games? You know, why do we have, why do we go 10 minutes without scoring a basket? You know, I think there's a lot of times guys are just way too passive and, and I don't think you're going to have that issue with Xavier Johnson at all. I mean, I think from the moment yeah. he sets on the court, I think he's going to want to kick everybody ass that he plays against. I mean, he just kind of, he just kind of strikes me as that kind of guy from watching him play. I mean, he didn't back down to anybody. That pit team was, as you said, great. But every night, you know, he was, he was going hard trying to beat Duke or trying to beat North Carolina or trying to beat Virginia. So, I mean, I think he's a guy that's definitely going to give it his all every night. You know, sometimes he come off as a little bit brash. Um, but I, like I said, like you said, we, we need that. We need some of that. We need somebody who's just not going not gonna to take crap from anybody else.
0: Yep. So do you have any sense on what the next shoe to drop is going to be? I know I saw I'm stopped at a light and I saw a few people said that trace Jackson Davis had another like eyeballs tweet and said like, we're not done yet. Something like that. So he's hinting at something else who knows when that'll happen, but do you have any sense of what you think is going to happen next? And as this good news, as this
2: good news parade, just keeps rolling along. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're still waiting on race and Armand, um, you know, i you know, no good. No good news is might be good news with them right now. I mean, it's just yeah. I think they. I think they were very much kind of out the door when when the uh, Woodson hire got announced. Um, you know, from what I've heard, you know, Brad Underwood at Illinois was extremely confident that Armand was coming there. Um, we all know Armand had other has other options from Louisville to basically probably any other any other place in the Midwest he wants to go. Um, obviously, race has a lot of ties to Minnesota. Um, he, the the new coach at Minnesota has known race for a long time, recruited race back when he was in high school. Um, so they, I think they have, they both have, you know, options that they were ser- that they're seriously considering. Um, and I, you know, before Woodson retired I would have said that they were, you know, 80, percent 75% out the door. Um, I think that's changed a lot since, since Woodson come in and he's met with them and kind of told him his, Told him his vision for the program. Um, I think all the moves since then. I think the Trace move. I think really kind of shook things up, especially with Armon. Um, if Trace is gone, I think Armand's probably gone too. Um, trace move, especially when it happened, I think surprised a lot of people, um, and I think that probably changed the calculus a bit for Armon. Um, and so we'll see. I mean, I, I I think I would I would expect something to break something to happen with him in the next week, um, but I think the delay, I know some people have worried about, you know, it, it's been, you know, a week and a half or since Woods was hired, he's still in the transfer portal, that means he's not coming back, I don't think that's the case at all, um, I think from I think from the position we were in, I mean, I, I think he, if he made an announcement within the first week, he was probably gone, so um, getting to the point we are now with him still, still in the fold, um, I think there's been... I think there was rumors that he was at or he was at open gyms this past week, those past few days, practicing with the guys. Um, I, I think it's I think it's probably heading in a good direction. Um, I don't want to get you know a little ahead of myself, but um, I'd probably be more surprised than not now if if he left when I you know ten days ago, I'd have been clearly the opposite.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I, I agree with you. I think at first, the longer it was taking, it was a bad sign for him coming back. Now, I think we've kind of reached the tipping point going the other way, where I think the longer it takes, the better it looks for Indiana, because, you know, he does have a lot of other options, um, you know, obviously, but, you know, now it seems like the longer it takes, I mean, the more enticing it looks, and I, you know, I have no idea, I mean, maybe he views Xavier Johnson committing as a threat, I don't know, those exist, you know really, really well. um, but you know he comes back, I mean, look you a pack that's just loaded with talent and so many different ways that you can play. Um, and then we've got these You know, either way, I mean, you start more on the OK, you know, you to walk off the mark into the Big Ten tournament and how frankly hopeless it felt for, for the upcoming season, kind of how despondent everyone was. You know, to think about where the team is now, I mean, it has just been such an unbelievable shift. And so, you know, Scott Dolson, had to, Mike Woodson, had to, and you had to all the players, you know, who have reused themselves for the, uh, because, I mean, you know, as you look at how this is shaping up right now, there's a lot to be excited about with this roster for next season. Um you know, and, and a guy like Xavier Johnson is the kind of guy that can make it all go.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even if, even if, um, let's, you know, if Armand and race are both back, we still have another open scholarship for next year. So, um, I think there's a a decent chance that, you know, another, there could be another transfer entering the portal within the next few days that might have strong Indiana ties that might consider IU for next year as well. Uh oh. You there, Jerry. Sorry, you're breaking up.
0: Yeah, sure. someone said my five G gy- is working. I only have one bar, so apparently I'm getting bad service. Can you hear me? Yeah. And now uh, you were breaking up for a while, though. All right. Well. All right. That's probably that probably means it's time for us to end. Jay, thanks for coming on on short notice, man. I appreciate it. Hey, absolutely. We'll uh, yeah. we'll, we'll 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 do something a little bit more formal here. Whether it's tonight, obviously, you know, maybe tomorrow. What day is it today? Today's Wednesday. We'll have a assembly call radio tomorrow. So at a minimum, we'll be talking to you guys then. If any more news breaks tonight, we'll have to hop on tonight. But, Jay, thanks for being here. Thanks all everybody who is here live with us. More good things happening for the Hoosiers. So keep your, thanks, your eyes on the rim and uh, and keep your eye on Twitter because who knows what's going to happen next. See you guys. Hey guys.
2: I like everything
0: about that.
1: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery The Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase Player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery The Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew